Welcome to the Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McNew. I love cocktails and I love the macabre. So every week I'm bringing you a cocktail recipe in history and some ghost stories. So let's get ready to get lit and get scared. Welcome to June, otherwise known as my birthday month. I mean, it's not till the 30th, but why not have a month long celebration? Yesterday was another lovely lady's birthday, the one and only Miss Marilyn Monroe. It would have been her 97th. So in honor of that, absolutely gorgeous Hollywood icon, we're going to dive into some Hollywood haunts today. But before we do that, we of course need a cocktail. And I happen to find one appropriately named the Marilyn Monroe. There are several variations of this cocktail, which makes some sense to me. She was iconic. Of course, people want to name things after her. But in my research, the recipe I found to be the original and the standard was created in the bar of the Waldorf Astoria to honor Miss Monroe. The grenadine that it includes was added as a nod to her infamous red lipstick, and the sparkling wine was used to acknowledge her love of champagne. The apple brandy was a nod to New York City itself, the Big Apple. So let's make one. You're going to need a coupe glass, and you're going to use three-fourths ounces of apple brandy. I would use a like high-end brand for this one teaspoon of grenadine and then you're going to top it all off with sparkling white wine like a prosecco you could even use champagne if you wanted but this recipe did call for white wine instead and like i said there's other versions of this named the Marilyn monroe that use vodka and like some lime juice it's more like a gimlet but this apple brandy one does seem to be the original and the best and it came from the waldorf astoria like the best bar program i think in the whole country So I'm going to take a quick break and we will be right back with some haunted Hollywood tales. Hey guys, did you know I have a new book out? It's called Drinking with the Stars, Cocktails for the Zodiac. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a fun little book that pairs a cocktail with each Zodiac sign. So inside is a little blurb about your star sign and then the cocktail I think best pairs with it. It's really fun to go through and make these cocktails. So check it out. It's available on Amazon and I can post a link in the show notes. Cheers. And I'm back. So I feel like if you follow pop culture at all, you know who Marilyn Monroe is. You truly have to be living under a rock to not recognize her, even if you've never seen any of her movies, which isn't surprising. They're so old timey. And you just know who she is, right? She's iconic with the poofy blonde hair, the red lips, the dreamy doe eyes, and just her whole body, just the bombshell. Like, you know who Marilyn Monroe is. And she didn't have the easiest life. From childhood into adulthood, it seems the people around her just kind of used her. I mean, from being bounced around from foster homes as a child, marrying young, divorcing, finally making her way into the film industry. Then she married and divorced Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. She just had countless rumored affairs she was accused of especially that jfk one a tumultuous life for somebody so beautiful and seemingly so sweet and smart but despite it all marilyn was a true star and she rose to fame relatively quickly making audiences fall in love with her all over the country and i'm not here to give you her life story though there's so many documentaries you could watch or books you could read for that i'm here to tell you her ghost is still hanging around hollywood Marilyn's death was tragic. Whether you believe it was truly a suicide or a murder, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could jump into, but I'm not doing that today. I do like all the conspiracy theories, though, about what really did happen to her. But I do believe people who die tragically and young, she was only 36, do hang around in spirit more often than those who died naturally in old age. 
Marilyn's ghost has been spotted at her former home in Brentwood, still lounging around the pool, and photos of other areas of the property sometimes show a figure in a mis- of a misty, curvy woman. Marilyn also spent plenty of time at the Roosevelt Hotel, often staying in room 1200. This room featured a full-length mirror guests would say she would appear in. After many reports, the hotel moved the mirror from the room to a hallway as to not frighten any more guests. Although I don't think gorgeous Marilyn showing up in a mirror would be the scariest of ghosts, but I guess I could see how it would be unsettling if you're expecting to see yourself and see a ghost instead. (laughs) Marilyn also enjoyed going to the Santa Monica Pier in disguise and just people watching, usually watching families enjoy the carousel and the hippodrome. Some say if you watch the mirrors on the carousel, you might actually catch a glimpse of Marilyn still sitting on her favorite bench, just watching it go by. Marilyn also made an appearance on the film set of Blonde, a fictionalized biopic covering her life starring Anna de Armas. De Armas claims Monroe visited the set and would throw things around when she got mad, like when they shot scenes of like difficult parts of her life, the ghost would be most active and most angry. During happier scenes, though, she was well-behaved and seemed to like most of the cast. Mae West is another old Hollywood bombshell that still makes appearances. I personally adore Mae West. She was raunchy for her time and could throw out some amazingly funny, but maybe inappropriate one-liners. Everything she said had the sexy undertone to it, and I just love her for it. And a few of her quotes are, I've been in more laps than a napkin. Is that a gun in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Personally, I like two types of men, domestic and form. You get the drift. She was a vibe, and she knew exactly what she was saying and doing (laughs) to these men. (laughs) May lived in the Ravenswood apartment in in the penthouse from 1930 until she died in 1980. She ended up buying the entire building when management wouldn't let her African-American boyfriend in. So while she was dating him, she pulled a power move and said, oh, you're going to be racist shitheads. I'm going to buy the whole building then. And I just love her for that. May is still apparently very present in Ravenswood. She once said, Ravenswood is my home. As long as the building stands, I will never leave. And she's apparently held true to her word. May's spirit has been spotted in her former penthouse several times. And she does typically ghostly things like making her presence known by making people feel like they're being watched and messing with electricity. Even before her death, May claimed that the penthouse was haunted. She reported seeing figures and hearing voices. One voice even helped her win a court case. She was being sued for $100,000 and didn't know how to handle it. She claims an Englishman's voice came to her while she was lying in bed and told her exactly what to say in court, and she won her case. The Cecil Hotel has been in the news a lot the last decade when the body of guest Elisa Lamb was found in the hotel's water tank. There's been tons of documentaries and theories on if there was foul play involved, if Lamb suffered a psychotic break, or even if something paranormal caused her to end up there. But even before this unfortunately happened to her, the Cecil Hotel has always had a reputation of paranormal activity and just bad luck. William Banks Hanner had the hotel built in 1924 and poured millions into it for it to be a grand, beautiful hotel. He truly went all out with a marble lobby, stained glass windows, the works. It was the height of luxury in 1924. Unfortunately, the Great Depression wasn't too far away, and the hotel's neighborhood went into decline quickly, and it still hasn't recovered, and it's actually known as Skid Row today. Highly recommend not staying at this hotel or even trying to visit it. I would just 
Yeah, avoid that area. For some reason, the hotel became a choice for people committing suicides and even a place where criminals would hide out. In 1931, the body of W.K. Norton was found in a pile of poison capsules in his room. In 1937, Grace Magro was recorded as the fourth person to die in the hotel. She fell from a ninth-story window, and her body was entangled in telephone wires. Quite a terrible scene. Police were unable to determine if her fall was an intentional suicide or if she were pushed by another human or perhaps a spirit. They don't know what caused her to fall. In 1944, a woman gave birth in her hotel room and for some reason threw her newborn baby out the window to its death. Absolutely tragic. An elderly lady who resided at the hotel was found stabbed to death in her room in the 1960s. It appeared to be a random attack as she was beloved and referred to as Pigeon Goldie because she used to feed the pigeons in the square across from the hotel. And to add a creepiness factor to the hotel, Richard Ramirez, the night stalker who terrorized Southern California in the 80s, used the Cecil as his base camp for a while. An even creepier dude named Jack Unterweger also used the Cecil Hotel as his base when he was staying in L.A. Unterweger was an Australian murderer who was released from prison and convinced the world that he had reformed. And surprised, he hasn't. While he was staying at the Cecil, under the guise of working as a journalist, sex workers in the area began disappearing. Police eventually tied their murders back to him, and he was arrested. While he was working as a journalist, he'd often cover some of the murders he committed. What the fuck? Like, can you imagine telling on yourself like that? Wild. Just wild. Um, Police do believe he chose to stay at the Cecil because of its ties to Ramirez, like, Guys, I like a serial killer story, but they're not our idols, okay? Don't idolize them. It's gross. And while these are all surely tragic, there's no proof that the Cecil is actually haunted. It might just be cursed with terrible luck. Like, I would like to know more about the land it was built on. I'm like, was this some kind of, like, native land or burial ground? Because that is some terrible luck for one building. The Hollywood sign itself is also said to be haunted. The sign was originally installed and read as Hollywoodland in 1923 to advertise a new housing development. Also, happy 100th birthday, Hollywood sign. You're 100 years old this year. The sign garnered so much attention, though, it became iconic, and the city left it up and removed the land, just leaving it as Hollywood. You can still hike through Griffith Park to the sign and visit it, but it is fenced off, and you can't get too close to it or climb on it. And you can think of sad little lady by the name of Peg Entwistle for that. Peg was an actress, or should I say an aspiring actress. She was only 24 years old when her contract with RKO Studios was canceled. It was just a devastating blow to her. And in, in response, she climbed to the top of the H and leapt to her death. And mind you, these letters are 50 feet tall. That's quite the climb up after climbing through the canyon itself and quite the plunge down. Hikers and park rangers alike have reported seeing a disheveled blonde woman in 1930s clothes that they do believe is Peg. Also, if you happen to smell gardenias but don't see any, that is most likely Peg as well. Her favorite perfume was gardenia scented. Other parts of Griffith Park are said to be haunted as well. In the old zoo area, people have reported feeling watched, and some even believe there's a werewolf-like creature roaming around, but that seems to be mostly an urban legend. But Picnic Table 29 is very haunted or perhaps very cursed. It started on Halloween in 1976 when a musician and his girlfriend were sitting at the table and a tree fell down, crushing them to death. Just a freak accident. 
The couple was cremated and their remains were scattered around the picnic table and the tree afterwards. The city wanted the tree debris cleaned up and sent workers to take care of it. One city worker charged with cutting the rest of the tree down felt violently ill when he started to cut the tree, saying like it felt like the fastest flu he's ever experienced. It just came out of nowhere. He tried to fight through it, though, but every time he would start his chainsaw to prepare, he would hear a voice saying, leave us alone. So he didn't finish the job. But afterwards, another worker took a bet for $500 saying he could get this done. He would get that tree taken care of. But before he could get to the tree the next morning, he was found dead with his chainsaw blade next to his body twisted into a U-shape. The tree is still there and has yet to be cleaned up, even though it's been decades since it fell. So I would leave it alone if you're going to visit. Be careful. Be respectful. Clearly something does not want that tree cleaned up and the city said, okay, great. It can stay. (laughs) Hollywood Forever Cemetery is pretty high on my list of places I want to visit. It's beautiful. It's sprawling. It's sprawling ton of famous people are buried there and they even host movie nights like if i'm ever in la movie night at the hollywood forever cemetery top of my list of things i want to do like oh my god it would just be amazing so this cemetery feels more like a park than a cemetery but it's very much people's final resting places and it's very much haunted the cemetery most likely has dozens of ghosts but three make themselves pretty well known one being rudolph valentino Valentino was considered one of America's first male sex symbols. He died young, though, at the height of his stardom at only 31, following complications from an ulcer surgery. His death was unexpected, and the family had not had a plot for him, so a friend gifted them one, and it was only supposed to be temporary, but he's still interred in the same spot after all these years. Valentino can be seen walking from his mausoleum next door to Paramount Studios, still trying to go to work. There was also a mysterious woman dressed in all black, head to toe, including a veil covering her face, that would leave flowers on the anniversary of his death. It's never been confirmed who she is, but it's believed by some that it was his fiancée at the time of his death. Clifton Webb, who was a minor actor, died in 1966. He was interred into the Psalms and Abbey mausoleum, which he now haunts. Visitors have reported hearing creepy voices, weird lights, cold drafts, and the smell of his cologne. Virginia Rappi is another ghost who haunts the cemetery. She is known as the Weeping Lady and is often seen and heard around the pond sobbing. Virginia had a pretty traumatic death. She was only 26 years old when she died and had a great life ahead of her until she went to a party Labor Day weekend in 1921. The party was thrown by Roscoe Arbuckle, who was a piece of shit. There's so much dirt on this guy if you want to look into it, but that's what I'm doing today. He sucks, though, in so many ways. There's so many different horrible stories about this man. Arbuckle was throwing a party to celebrate one of his new contracts. Virginia became violently ill at this party and left via ambulance. She died just a few short days later. Rumors swirled that Arbuckle either drugged or raped her or both, and he was never found guilty, but people were always highly suspicious that he was somehow involved in whatever caused Virginia to die. So I'm wrapping this one up today, and I know there are probably hundreds of more places in Los Angeles that are haunted, and I'm probably going to do a part two because I'm fascinated by Laurel Canyon and the people that were there in the 60s and 70s. I think that would be fun to deep dive into, and I also want to cover some studios. Um, There's so many stories about Paramount being haunted. So I want to look into that as well. Part two will definitely be on its way at some point this summer. But until next week, please give us a like and review and a follow on Instagram at Highly Spirited Podcast. Cheers.